Friends, Jesus Christ is our living hope. Amen? Amen. As we turn to Christ, who is our living hope, as we put ourselves in the same place as the disciples when he appeared to them, I invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Following Jesus' resurrection, the tomb was empty, and the women found that. And then Peter raced to the tomb and found it just as it was said. The disciples encountered Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And then after all of this, they were gathered together in the upper room, and, and they were hiding And it was there, as they were gathered, where we'll pick up at Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 36, that Jesus appeared to them. Jesus appeared to these disciples who had been scattered, who had doubted, who had denied him, and were still trying to make sense of all of this. And Jesus appeared to them, and the first words that he said to them were, peace be with you. So as we read God's word this morning, friends, peace be with you, and may the Holy Spirit bless the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, illumine your word to us this day, that it may be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Speak, Lord, in such a way that our hearts may be open to the hope and peace of your resurrection, of this good news. And in all of this, that we may live with the resurrection hope that you offered on that first Easter Sunday. May it permeate our lives today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands, my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. 
And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peace be with you. Peace be with you, Jesus said. Calming their fears, whether they were afraid of Rome, who had crucified Jesus and now might be looking for his disciples, whether now, after thinking about the resurrection, if they were maybe afraid or disappointed in themselves that that they had let down their Savior, Jesus comes nonetheless, and his first words are this, Peace be with you. To those who abandoned me, peace be with you. To those who denied me, peace be with you. To those who doubted, peace be with you. To those who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, peace be with you. Friends, Christ's peace abides with us. And Easter is the day when we remember just how much the resurrection matters Every single day. Easter's the day when we remember how much the resurrection on that first Easter matters every day. I'll admit, when, when I was a child, I was told that on Easter we are forgiven of our sins. And, and what I, the meaning I made unintentionally from any of my teachers was that I, I thought that your sins were only forgiven on the day of Easter. Which you can imagine was a little bit confusing and unnerving because I started to wonder, well, what about the sins that I'll commit after this Easter? And what about the sins that I'll commit before the next Easter? And then I started to reflect on relatives and loved ones who had passed away, and I remembered that none of them had died on Easter Sunday. And this filled me with some dread and concern as a a young pre-elementary school student. And I remember raising this with my parents at evening prayer. And for them, it was, it was almost funny, the meaning I had made, because they, they couldn't imagine uh, me living in this kind of spiritual turmoil as like a five-year-old. And they reminded me that, yeah, Easter happens once a year. Easter that we celebrate is remembering the first Easter But what happened then expands into all time. What happened on that first Easter is for us on Easter Sunday, but every day after Easter and before the next Easter, every day the truth of Christ's resurrection is our hope, our joy, the foundation of our faith, and our peace. Friends, peace be with you today. Tomorrow and forever, may Christ's peace abide with us. And may we remember that today is a central day that we celebrate what Jesus said, the repentance and the forgiveness of sins, but that this is our reality every day to live into. When the angels proclaimed Christ's birth, what we celebrate at Christmas, the angels said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. To be told to not be afraid is to ask just for the absence of fear and terror. That was at Christ's birth. 
at his resurrection, Christ says, peace be with you. No longer just the absence of fear, but the presence of shalom. Shalom being God's perfect vision of peace, justice, righteousness, wholeness, and holiness. Jesus says, peace be with you. More than just do not be afraid, but peace be with you. Words of assurance and words of comfort. And not the type of comfort that makes life armchair easy, but the type of comfort that Jesus offers in saying, peace be with you, is the type of comfort that rings true to the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, peace be with you, those who are tired, who are feeling weary, defeated. Blessed are those who mourn, said Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Peace be with you to those who are grieving, to those who are barely holding on. Blessed are the meek. Peace be with you, those who feel like they're always on the sidelines. They're always second team. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Peace be with you, those who have an appetite for the same priorities that God has for this world. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, as if to say, peace be with you, to those who live in such a way to show less punishment and more grace. Blessed are the pure in heart. Peace be with you, those who are honest with God about your life and are honest before neighbor. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, those who seek reconciliation, those who apologize first and apologize sincerely, even if they don't think it's 100% their fault. Those peacemakers will be called children of God. Blessed are the persecuted, those who are insulted and falsely accused, as if to say, blessed are the bullied, the picked on, the ridiculed. In the resurrection, Jesus says, peace be with you. That wherever life finds you on any day between celebrations of Easter, peace be with you in a full and true way, with comfort and assurance that the promises that Christ made found their truth and reality in the resurrection. Because what we celebrate on Easter is death followed by resurrection, and there's nothing quite like it. Every analogy to point towards the resurrection is maybe a helpful analogy for a piece, but it is not the fullest. In fact, everything can only do its best to point back to the resurrection. Because we're not talking about just the seasons of, of winter when things are dormant, going into spring when new life emerges. That's dormancy to reemergent. What we celebrate on Easter is death, full death, giving way to life. And not only life, but life imperishable. Jesus spoke these words to his disciples in their moment of wondering, when hope was beginning to reemerge, when fear might have still been lingering. Peace be with you, said our Lord. And they were startled and frightened, as all of us would be as well. 
if we were in the upper room and Jesus appeared, it seems that Jesus also interrupted. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. They were startled and frightened. And what did they think they saw? They think they saw a ghost, a vision from beyond. And the whole appearance that we've read, Jesus is going to great lengths to demonstrate to us that matter matters. Matter, the stuff that we are made of, matter matters. Because Jesus was not just a spirit visiting from beyond the grave. He was not just a vision of the, of the one that the disciples knew. He was a fully human person standing in their midst with flesh and blood and bone. And he had conquered the grave. And so he tells them, it is I. Behold, my feet, my hands. And then he asks them to give him something to eat, to prove in their bewilderment and amazement that it was really him. If Dr. Seuss wrote a gospel, it would be, Behold my hands, see my feet if you wish, say what's that smell, can I have a piece of fish? Jesus did this to show us that matter matters. The stuff that we are made of, this was not just a visit from beyond the grave, this was a resurrection appearance of someone who was truly, fully dead that had been back to life. And earlier in Scripture, way back in the Old Testament, the disciples aren't wrong that they could expect a ghost. There is a story in the Bible of someone summoning a spirit and, and talking with the vision, the, the ghost of someone beyond the grave. That's in 1 Samuel 28, when Saul goes to the witch of Endor and calls up the spirit of Samuel. There's more than just Ewoks on Endor. There is reason to believe that ghosts could appear from beyond the grave. But Jesus is pointing a distinction that he's not just a spirit from beyond the grave. This is not just a vision or a hallucination. This is his flesh and blood, the same body that was crucified, was died and buried. Not just a kind word from beyond the grave or a message in the sky, but Jesus stood among them to show resurrection proving that death no longer had the final say because God gave resurrection hope for new and full and eternal life even after death. And this he did not do through a vision or a ghost, but through his fully human body, identifying with us, with our bodies and our human frailties and our mortality, our flesh and blood that will die. And when Jesus showed up, with his hands and feet and his ability to eat fish in their presence, Jesus showed up to demonstrate that our bodies, our bodies are not condemned to death because God's resurrection hope has the final say. But Jesus was not just a human. He was also fully God. He had to be God to have such power over life and death to win a victory over the grave. And he had to be human to assume our flesh and blood. That Jesus was begotten into this world matters. The incarnation, when the word became flesh, that mattered. 
at Christmas time when we celebrated the incarnation because it leads to the resurrection at Easter. And it's not just something that God did for God's self, but Jesus showed up in the flesh because he did it for us, for our flesh and blood, for our lives, for our weaknesses, our frailties, our mortality. We're met with resurrection hope. And Jesus explains the forgiveness of sins and assures God's favor with us. He reminds them that everything that was done had to be fulfilled according to what was written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And that on the third day, he would rise again. And repentance, as we've been covering through Lent, repentance that leads to redemption. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins, verse 47, will be preached in Christ's name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus walked this earth. He taught, he preached, he healed people, he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. He walked among us in flesh and blood, just like us. And on Easter Sunday, he rose again, as we are. Not just a vision, but a full incarnation of resurrection, one that we could participate with. And to think that of all the signs that Jesus had demonstrated, that the disciples had been witnesses to, of all the miracles of, of, of feeding crowds of 5,000 with a few loaves and fish, it was amazing to the disciples. It was proving a point to them that Jesus could eat fish later, that he was real, that it was true, that, that he had risen, not just an appearance from beyond the grave, but the conquering of the grave itself happened in this appearance. Friends, this is the resurrection. This is the central piece of our hope and faith. And Jesus introduced this appearance to the disciples who were gathered with all of their victories, with all of their failures, with all of their strengths, with all of their weaknesses. His first words to them in that room was peace be with you. Friends, peace be with you. To those who have sinned, peace be with you. Peace be with you to those who have lied and are maybe afraid to admit it to others. Christ forgives our lying so that our peace with God can give us the freedom to apologize and to make amends, to know that Christ forgives us when we repent and come to his resurrection hope, even if our neighbor might be slower to forgive us. Peace be with you, those who have committed adultery in thought or action, because Christ is faithful even when we are not, and he offered himself as the perfect vision of faithfulness, but not just a vision but in the flesh. Peace be with you in the moments where we've been selfish or greedy, that we remember that Christ's generous love is the standard for our self-giving. Friends, peace be with you. Christ is not stingy with the peace that he offers to the world. Think about it. Christ died for us 
to, to restrict or to hold that peace selfishly. No, no, no. He died for us. Imagine, if you will, preparing a meal for your friends, for your family, or maybe even for your neighborhood. If you cooked an abundance of food, as many of us at North Holland are known for doing, if you had an abundance of food prepared, and those who came to your table, would you want them to eat sparingly? If you had prepared for them a feast? Christ's resurrection offers us a feast. It is meant to be a full feast, a celebration of the peace that we have between God and humanity. This is not one to be taken sparingly of, that the peace of Christ is not something that is only to be experienced in a small amount or, or not infrequently. The peace of Christ is to abide with us just as Christ abides with us. Christ was not stingy with the peace that he offered to his disciples. Christ was not stingy with the hope that he offered for the world that needed hope. Christ is not stingy with the forgiveness of sins that is offered through his body and blood that died for us. Christ was generous in his forgiveness, in his loving. And so we are to be also. That we can be witnesses of these things, as Jesus said in verse 48. Witnesses of Christ, proclaiming repentance for the forgiveness of sins that could be preached in Christ's name. And this because of the resurrection. Because resurrection makes a difference. Then Jesus does send the disciples to wait to wait for the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit would empower and equip them, but they could be witnesses in the meantime nonetheless. Jesus sends the disciples to wait. I don't think very many of us like waiting. Waiting is hard. Waiting in traffic, frustrating. Waiting for a diagnosis, terrifying. Waiting is hard. And yet the disciples who had been waiting in fear, hiding in the upper room, they're not afraid anymore after Jesus came into their midst and said, peace be with you. They're not afraid anymore. In fact, they had joy. They're not afraid that they disappointed Jesus or let him down. They're not afraid of the Romans they're not afraid of their peers who might mock them or hurt them or just never believe them. They're leaving belief up to God because they know what they've been called to be is witnesses of the celebration of the resurrection and to be a witness to the world, witnessing to the resurrection and the forgiveness of sins by being people that forgive, living into the reality of having peace with God and doing so by living at peace with one another, with our neighbors. And so the disciples waited. They went and they waited, but they're no longer waiting in hiding at the end of Luke's gospel. Now they're waiting in public. And while they waited, they worshiped God. They lived a life of praise. And they had peace. When Christ appeared to them, he said, peace be with you. And when Christ, before ascending into heaven, he blessed them. Bless them to remember, to witness, to let the peace that he offered them abide with them at all times and in all places.
And so, friends, we do the same today. As we gather at the communion table, we remember that Christ's peace is meant to abide with us, that he used such common symbols of bread and the cup, that every time we partake of a meal, we can remember that Christ said, peace be with you. And it's with special attention that we come to the table today, knowing that on the road to Emmaus, Jesus was opening the scriptures to his disciples. He was explaining to them all of these things after, after, right after what uh, Nathan read to us earlier on. But they didn't realize it was him. They walked with him. They spoke with him. They, they had a Bible study on the road with him, and they didn't realize that it was Jesus until the moment in Luke chapter 24, verse 30, when he was at the table with them, and he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Friends, we come to communion, to this table that Christ offered us, because this is a place where Christ reveals himself to us, that this is where we have a moment of epiphany, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. As we come to the table today, we remember, we remember that Christ came and walked among us, that he lived for us, that he died for us, that he healed people, that he raised people from the dead, but then that he himself, after being crucified, was raised from the dead by the very hand of God. We come in remembrance of who Christ was and what he taught us and of his death and resurrection. But not only in remembrance, we also come in communion, meaning both the very communion that we celebrate in the Lord's Supper, the communion that we all have with God because we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We come to have communion also with one another, gathered as sisters and brothers, whether from this congregation at North Holland or somewhere else, we gather today in full communion, participating in Christ's abiding peace with one another and with God. We come in remembrance, communion, and hope that this day of all days and that this meal of all meals is one to rekindle our hope, to reawaken our imaginations of the vision that God has for our world, to look around, you don't have to notice that the world is not all as it should be, but today we come to claim our hope in Jesus Christ, that at the end of all things, Christ shall return and make all things new. And this we put our trust into because of his resurrection, because matter matters. And so he gave us the gift of this matter, of the bread and the cup, that we can hold it, that we can taste it, that it can nourish us to know that Christ rose from the dead. Amen. Friends, as we prepare to come to communion this morning, I'd like to invite you to participate in the words of our communion liturgy, which should appear on the screen. I do invite you to read the bolded words, and I will read the words in the normal, unbolded script. Let's say it together. The Lord be with you. And also, also with, with you. you. 
Lift up your hearts. We, we lift, lift them, them up, up to, to the, the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, it is right, right to, to give, give our thanks and praise. praise. Let us pray. God, holy and right it is, and our joyful duty to give thanks to you at all times and in all places, O Lord our Creator, almighty and everlasting God. You created heaven with all its hosts and the earth with all its plenty. You have given us life and being and preserve us by your providence. But you've shown us the fullness of your love in sending into the world your Son, Jesus Christ, the eternal word made flesh for us and for our salvation, for the precious gift of this mighty Savior who has reconciled us to you, we praise and bless you, O God. With your whole church on earth and with all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name, saying together, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Most righteous God, we remember in this supper the perfect sacrifice offered once on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ for the sin of the whole world. In the joy of his resurrection and in expectation of his coming again, we offer ourselves to you as holy and living sacrifices as together we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ, Christ has, has died. Christ, Christ has, has risen. Christ will come again. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith and grow up in all things into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Before Christ's death, before his betrayal, he took this meal with them. And when he was gathered with his disciples, he took the bread. And after he had given thanks to God, he broke it and said unto them, This is my body, broken for you. As often as you eat of it, remember me. In the same way, after they had eaten... He took the cup and blessed it and poured it out for them all. Jesus said to his disciples, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. As often as you drink of it, remember me. The bread which we break is our communion with the body of Christ. And the cup of blessing which we bless is our communion with the blood of Christ. <laughs> 